Hi, welcome to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. I'm Rashonda Yates. I recovered from binge eating, lost 50 pounds, and kept that off for over two years. Now I'm sharing my stories to help you end your binge eating once and for all. Now today, the episode is actually being released a little bit late because um, last week I was without power on... um, We had a little hurricane here in the New Orleans area. So thank you for bearing with me while I get around to recording and releasing part two of the How to Prevent a Binge three-part series. So um, today we're going to be digging into part two. Now, in part one, I talked about how a binge actually starts long before you take the first bite and how willpower doesn't work because it's finite. And today we're going to be looking at, um, we're going to be, we're going to start looking at how do you actually prevent a binge then? If willpower doesn't work, well, how do you do that? And it all starts with understanding just a tiny, tiny bit of brain science. So let's go ahead and dig in. This episode was brought to you by my three-part mini-series, How to Stop a Binge Before It Starts. It is a three-part, very actionable, bite-sized training delivered to your email inbox, which teaches you my go-to four-step process for how I lost 50 pounds effortlessly by getting through urges without giving in to them. You can get that at sendfox.com slash Yates. Okay, so for today's episode, I have one major takeaway for you. And the takeaway is this. You are not a binge eater. You are a person who is in the habit of binge eating. And right now, this may not strike you as a big, big difference. But as we get into the episode, you'll understand why I'm making this distinction for you and why I want you to make this distinction for yourself. So the first thing I want is for you to notice how you talk to yourself about the habit of binge eating. You might have said things like, I'm completely out of control. I have no discipline. Once I start, I can't stop. It's impossible to eat just one Oreo. So what I want you to notice is how all of these phrases are about you. They're all about who you are, what you're capable of, what you're not capable of. Um, But the truth is that nothing about this behavior is about you. It's not about your character. It's not about your worth or your abilities or any of that. This behavior is simply a habit and that's it. And you'll see this when you start to understand how our brain works. Now, one resource that I highly, highly recommend is a book called The Craving Mind by Dr. Judson Brewer. Um, I love this book because it combines neuroscience and research with mindfulness. And that is uh, Dr. Brewer's um, background. And he does a great job of explaining how our brain is set up and all about the reward-based learning system. Now, the book is about how habits form, and it also goes into addiction. And I love how Dr. Brewer talks about addiction because he talks about it in terms of being on a spectrum. 
and how basically you have, you know, the reward brace brain brain system and how it's really set up for our survival. It, It was set up to help us remember where food was basically and how you have one end of the spectrum where whatever behavior was set up to be a, a habit, it ends up where our brain, our reward-based brain system gets hijacked for something that actually maybe started pleasurable, but ends up being harmful and unpleasurable. So for example, you know, maybe you started off having um, feelings of pleasure when you ate, you know, sugary foods like um, Oreos or ice cream or, you know, a brownie or whatever, cookies. And maybe you learned that like, oh, if I'm feeling sad or lonely or angry or some type of discomfort, then I can eat, you know, one of these sugary foods and then I'll feel better. And maybe you did that unconsciously and that started, you know, that behavior repeated over time because of this uh, neurotransmitter chemical called dopamine that's released when we do something pleasurable. And what happens is like, you know, for some of us, that behavior gets repeated so much that it becomes actually harmful to us. And then we get to a a place where we start feeling ashamed of ourselves. We start, you know, having all of these stories about what it means about us and how we're not good enough and how we can't do anything right and how we have no discipline and no willpower, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it just becomes this really misery-inducing problem in our lives, right? It becomes like really heavy and very... um it causes depression and causes anxiety. It could even be to the point where it's actually disruptive in our lives, much like a lot of the things that you associate with addiction. So that's kind of how I think about what I did in the past with binge eating. I really think of it as it was an addictive behavior. Not that food was addictive per se, although there definitely are addictive qualities to food that's already been proven, especially the way that like fast food companies manipulate their food and all of that. So I'm not saying that that's not actually a factor because it absolutely is. What I am saying, though, is that when you understand how your brain works, then all of that stuff really, truly becomes irrelevant. Because let me tell you, I actually stopped binge eating um, with a snap of a finger um, because I didn't try to control the world around me, basically. I changed on the inside. I changed the way that I thought So that's what I'm going to be helping you to do. So the first step is to understand that when you get an urge to eat something that you didn't want to eat or to binge, that is simply your brain doing what your brain does. So our brains are set up whereby literally everything that we do, everything that we think, every, you know, every action that we take um, is set up that we get a reward when we take whatever the action is. And it's so automatic and our lives are so habitual that we, you know, of course we don't realize it. And that is so that we can, you know, live and thrive. If we had to choose every single thing in our lives, that would be a miserable existence, right? 
So it's not a bad thing and it's not a good thing. It's just simply the way that our brains operate. It's simply the way that we're set up as human beings. So when we have um, a behavior that has become so habitual and problematic, um, that it's harmful to us and that it disrupts our lives, we can think of that as an addictive behavior. Because again, it's something that doesn't serve us and it's harmful for for us. So making the distinction again, that it doesn't make you an addict. Um, I actually prefer to think of it as there's an addictive behavior in place. There's a behavior there that doesn't serve us. It is harmful. It is almost completely automatic where we feel like we're kind of going unconscious and out of control. So the chemical that causes us to go and do something over and over and over again is a chemical called dopamine. So I mentioned earlier that um, this is something that um, it's a motivating chemical, basically. Um, it used to be thought that this was a pleasure chemical, but it actually turns out that it is not um, strictly correlated to pleasure. It's actually more correlated to motivation. And this was shown in a study with rats who they learned to press a lever to get food and they were given dopamine. Um, But what they ended up doing was they just started pressing the lever to get dopamine and they stopped eating the food altogether. And so they starved to death um, because they just kept wanting the dopamine. (laughs) So when the reward was taken away, they still kept doing the behavior. And I think this is really important to observe. The reward-based system is set up on basically a loop, a cue, the behavior, and then you get the reward. And then that loop goes around again and again and again. Basically, we, you know, we get a reward in, in our brains after doing something. And so we're more likely to repeat that behavior again. And if we repeat that behavior a certain amount of times, then what happens is we start getting an urge. Now, what's so interesting and fascinating to me about this is that the urge, actually, when that urge is introduced, it's not any longer about the reward. It's actually more about completing whatever the behavior was. So the urge goes to the behavior, not necessarily to the reward. That's why, that's where this feeling of insatiable um desire comes from when like, okay, we got the urge, we went and we went ahead and binged. And now we still feel crappy, you know, like at one point, wasn't it pleasurable? And that isn't that why we started this in the first place? Well, yes, that is exactly right. Like at one point, we did feel pleasure. But now we have done this to the point where our urge, the urge came in and now it's all about, okay, go binge. Okay, go binge, go binge, go binge. So we go ahead and binge, but now we actually feel ashamed afterwards. And by the way, there's actually a brain reward that we even get for shame, believe it or not. Um, It's really crazy to think about, but what is important to know is that this is simply the way that our brains were set up. So 
this isn't a reflection of your abilities. This isn't a reflection of your worthiness or like that you're not as good as someone else. All this is, is literally just your brain doing what it does. And when you can really understand that and accept it, um, what it, it gives you the power to detach from what you're doing because you can recognize, okay, that's actually just my brain. Like when I get that urge, that's just my brain doing a thing. I have a mentor who um, taught me a lot about brain, the brain chemicals and, and the habits. And he, the way that he put it was, it's an alarm, you know? So if you think about like that, your brain is basically just um, when you get an urge, rather, all that is, is just an alarm going off in your head, just like your alarm clock goes off and you really don't judge it for going off. You don't, um, you know, think of it. You don't, in other words, you, you're not attached to your alarm. <laughs> okay. That doesn't mean anything. It's just an alarm. Like that's the same thing with the urge and your, that goes off. So can you now understand why I started off by saying that you are not a binge eater? You are a person who is in the habit of binge eating. And this simple distinction will set you up for success as we're going into part three of the series. So that's part two of the How to Prevent a Binge three-part series. Make sure that if you haven't yet, you grab your free video training, How to Stop a Binge Before It Starts. You can get that at sinfox.com slash Yates. I'll catch you next time on the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools. Over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashondi Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.